Hey, Lawrence, do I have a story for you? Oh, boy. I got totally boned by a script. Oh, no. This has happened to me before. What happened? Well, I missed something. I was reading it, breaking it down, and I completely missed something important. It was just, you know, little blurb, I thought. But in the end, it totally fucked me. Oh, was it a chariot race? (laughs) <laughs> what? Do you not know this term? <laughs> yes. No. Cherry Race. It's from Ben-Hur. They were filming Ben-Hur and, and the huge climax of the movie was just one line in the script. Whoever broke it down just gave it a one eighth page marker and it was <laughs> then there's a chariot race. <laughs> that shit looked like it took three weeks yes, to it, film. Yes, and it did. Yes. <laughs> it was only scheduled for a couple hours in an afternoon because nobody really understood what was meant by a chariot race. Yeah, so um, that was improper breaking down improper. of said script, it says. <laughs> exactly, which is why we developed a course called The Art of Script Breakdowns. Yeah, the people have spoken. You guys wanted it, so we did it. Exactly. We did a thing. We did a thing. And not only is it just script breakdowns, yeah, okay, sounds simple, whatever. No, but this is from a producer's perspective. Because, you know, a lot of times you can get a little lazy and just give the script, read it over, and you think, okay, I got it. Give it out to your department heads and let them kind of deal with it. But if you're not breaking down the script before you give it to your department heads, you might miss the freaking chariot race. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely said, hey, production designer, could you take a look at this and let me know what you think without reading it first or looking at it from art department's perspective, right? So really, when you break down a script, You need to be looking at it from each department. So we walk you through exactly how to do that. Right. And we teach you what to look out for from things like time of day. What if you had a minor in every single shot of the script? How are you going to do that? (laughs) And they're they're supposed to be six years old. What are you going to do? Like, Yeah. And only one day of filming. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what? You're in a little bit of trouble. So we put together a comprehensive course that focuses on efficiency, accuracy, clarity. It's a very nuanced approach that will ensure you that you can find and discover all the pitfalls that may occur during your pre-production. We also show you step-by-step how to take this knowledge and explain it to your director, your producer, Mm -hmm. your agency, everybody, so that we're all on the same page. Yeah. You can't just be, you know, freaking out because, oh, there's not enough time. There's not enough money. You need to do the work, break it down, show people why things aren't adding up so you can all be on the same page and solve those problems together before they become costly mistakes. Please sign up now, learn a few things, laugh a little, have a cocktail. Yeah, make yourself a drink and we'll dive into it and show you all of our tips and tricks. Just go to our website, producershappyhour.com, or click the link in the show notes to sign up. Lawrence, this doesn't look like it did in the photo. (laughs) What is it? It's my burger. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. I know why. They used a food stylist to make it look better for the photo. It's a funny ongoing joke that what you receive, especially from maybe delivery pizza or something, looks, I mean, like you get excited. You're like, oh, wait, Pizza Hut's has a new Detroit style pizza. What the shit is that? It looks so good there. You know, your cousin orders it because you're home for the holidays and it arrives. You're like, this looks nothing like what it looks like on the commercial. What the hell is this? But, you know, contrary to all the uh, viral memes out there of, you know, using (laughs) 
Elmer's glue or motor oil. That's not true. It's all real food. Legally, you can't. Exactly. Legally, you can't. It's all real food. They're just very talented food stylists that are making it look as good as it can. Food jobs are my favorite, too. They can be really complicated. Very complicated. If you don't know what to look out for, Mm -hmm. you can really struggle when it comes time to shooting those hero moments of the food. So... Today, we're talking with a great food stylist, John Anthony Galong, about all the things you need to know of having a successful food shoot. Exactly. Stay tuned, y'all. Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We're two producers with over 20 years of experience each, chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. Join us for insightful interviews and informative show topics that will help you get through your toughest jobs, biggest production challenges, and most difficult clients. So grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. <laughs> that echo gets me every fucking time. <laughs> I, I just, I want that in my life. Yeah. Hey, Lawrence. Hi, how are you? <laughs> good, how are you? Oh, good. It's nice to chat with you because it's been a busy couple of weeks. You want to talk about being hungry. We are going to get hungry today because we are talking <laughs> about food jobs, Christian. Am I right? My favorite. <laughs> I've done several food jobs where, you know, as a repeat client who, mm-hmm. you know, you would get to know them. You would understand, like, lo- I did Longhorn Steakhouse and the meat buyer would come in and have the best cuts of meat. It's just a fun time because it becomes a family. Honestly, you use the same food stylist every time. Yeah. Yeah. And they know the product so well. They know the brand mm-hmm. so well. It, it's really kind of cool to see it happen. But those types of jobs for production people like ourselves, they come with a completely different set of sand traps that you all need to be aware of, right? Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on um, somebody I won't mention, Papa John. <laughs> when it comes to, you know, <laughs> 43 cheese pulls, you're like, oh, okay, got it. You could either have, like I said before, like a, you know, a couple steaks on a plate where you're this close to it and you're w- watching it be cut, or you could have a full menu like IHOP where it's like tons of pancakes and here's a drink and here's uh-huh. a you know uh-huh. a, a side dish over here that the kitchen the you know yep. food styling kitchen has to be prepared to have ready all at one time which is very difficult so who better to talk to than a great food stylist john anthony gallon welcome john thanks for having me are you enjoying a cocktail with us for happy hour yes i am it's been a long week so i need a little coffee Irish coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Every morning for me. Like, right? Lawrence, what are you having today? Well, since we're talking about food, I was thinking, hmm, what pairs with food on a broad spectrum? So I'm having a lovely glass of white wine, Sauvignon Blanc, Justin Winery, 2021 Mm. to be exact. One of my favorites. How about you? What are you drinking? So my partner got super excited that we were having a food stylist on. So I have been presented with a Blue Lagoon (laughs) with a few garnishes. We certainly deep dive on these episodes when it comes to, you know, the ins and outs of um, particular, you know, especially on this one, food shoots. But we can't cover everything in just 30 minutes. There are often a lot more details that we can share Mm -hmm. and include a lot of that in our listeners newsletter. Yeah. Plus some important industry news that we all need to stay on top of because it changes faster than Christian changes her eyewear. So dear listener, you want to stay up to date on all of this. 
So if you love these topics and want to learn more, then head over to ProducersHappyHour.com or click the link in our show notes to sign up for the listener's newsletter. And do us a favor, after you get that very first newsletter, write us back to the same email address and let us know what you think, because we definitely want your feedback. Love your feedback. Love your feedback. All right, so let's get into it. John Anthony Galong is a Los Angeles-based food stylist. Classically trained in the culinary arts, John has been in the industry for the past 12 years. He has previously worked with such large food brands as Mm. McDonald's, Target, McCormick's, HBO Max's The Big Brunch, and so many more. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Our studio (laughs) audience. Glad to be here. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so, you know... Like we said, there are so many. Okay, how does oh, this audience? Wow, stop? no, no, John is like, yeah, like, dude, they, they, they love, love you here. You, <laughs> so, like we said, there are so many different types of food shoots and so many different aspects to food styling. I know we were even talking before the show, like you could be styling a food commercial or a food competition show. That's a whole different ball of wax. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's start with the basics for our production friends out there that are listening. Say it's like a hamburger shoot or or something simple. There's a food product that you're you're displaying. Give us an overview of what's involved in what you do. Well, basically, what I get involved in is you know getting to know what exactly we're shooting. So if it's a food specific client such as McDonald's or any other big chains, they want their burgers featured. So we'll work with the clients to send whatever product we're shooting mm-hmm. as many as we can get from them <laughs> mm-hmm. because. <laughs> Sometimes the product they send are not the best looking products. So we have to sort through a bunch of things and find the most perfect buns or fries or burgers. I think that's the first and foremost, the most important is getting communication with the client uh, on what we need to to get for the shoot. Uh, Clients will often have guidelines Mm -hmm. that they provide you, right? Yeah. So the guidelines are usually easy. You know, there's usually either a tech advisor that comes on the shoot that's specializes on the product or Mm -hmm. a chef from the kitchen that will Mm -hmm. just approve or not approve things we're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. They try to keep everything in line. Everything is real. Like I think the the famous misconception is it's fake. You know, there's, I'm sure you guys have seen all those videos that's going viral, like people using motor oil and all that. Legally, you can't. No, don't believe any of that. You know, it's, we use all their product. We just kind of enhance it and try to figure out ways to make things look better. And so from what I've seen, it's a lot of deconstructing the final product to reconstruct it in the best way possible. So I did a pizza commercial and we just needed blank crusts, right? Mm -hmm. Because we were gonna build the pizza using all their ingredients, right? We're Mm -hmm. just just rebuilding it to make it look as good as it can, but they were out of blank crusts. So we actually got pizzas, they scraped off the top, and mm-hmm. rebuild the pizza on the crust. So it's like, if you Yum. get a burger, you know, you get the recipe, you get the ingredients. Do you have to use the ingredients that come from McDonald's, their lettuce, their tomatoes, their onions, or can you source from other sources? Without getting into any trouble. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, Secrets. Without getting into any trouble, we use all the products that they send. Sometimes if it's, like you said, tomatoes or lettuce, Mm-hmm. We'll just buy fresh ones um, right, just right. because they, they're, they're usually like just they come in like bags or, or whatever. They're not the freshest, basically. We supply those. 
Right, but you don't deviate from the ingredients no, no, list not at, at all. all. And that's not a legal thing, guys, just so that yeah. you you know, like there's legally you have to show what the product actually is. But if you swap in like a lovely red tomato versus a white one that you were sent, then that's totally <laughs> cool, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and the quantities had to be the same too. Correct. Well, the quantities are very important, not over-promising mm-hmm. on ingredients and not, right. not, not making everything right. more than they should be. Yeah, and I think that's to prevent the Karens out there from like posting on social media like I only right. got one tomato when the commercial had two. So exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have the nuts and bolts, right? What are the most common things that producers or production teams get wrong when trying to prep? We'd love to know from your standpoint how could a production team support you, and what do you find are the things that you're continually explaining to production teams? I think the most common is. The food is not just a prop, you know, it's pretty much should be the star of the whole thing, the whole shoot, you know, like these guys that are making these burgers, Mm -hmm. we should help them as much as we can in regards of production support, like getting us as close as to set as possible. It's not easy. (laughs) Like a lot of people, a lot of people think that we can just make it right away. It's, it's, that's not the case. Hey, Christian, what's the most important thing about film production? The setup, pre-production, the most important part. A lot of people think that, but you're kind of missing a step. Oh, right. The kickoff calls, because that's how you set up your prep. Right. That's where you got to get all the right questions answered at the right time and set deadlines for those answers so you can put your prep on the right path to success. Exactly. Right. And this can be accomplished with four kickoff calls. You need at least four, in my opinion. And I think for us producers, the most important one is the one with your producing partner, either the ad agency producer or your main client contact, because that's where, like you said, set the tone, set expectations, give them deadlines for when you need these answers, because timelines are already way too short for prep. I know we could always use more prep time, right? And budgets are shrinking, so don't waste any time. So what we've done is we put together our top seven questions that you should ask your agency producer or client now on that very first kickoff call. Not only does it help answer questions that you may have, it also allows you to set the tone and, you know, establish yourself as the leader of the project, (laughs) which is also a very important step as well. So we'll put a link in the show notes where you can get on our website and take a listen to our free audio bonus. Another delightful conversation between me and Sister Christian about (laughs) best ways of setting yourself up for success. Yeah, it's a page turner. (laughs) (laughs) Check it out. Because I do have a lot of food shoot experiences, I would like to revert back to when I first started doing it. I had Um, no idea like that it would take 15 crates of tomatoes to make one Subway sandwich. I I remember back in those days. And so the support around it, I mean, I had three PAs once sorting Fritos to find the perfect Frito Mm -hmm. because Uh the, the team... They're working. They're doing all kinds of things. The last thing that they need is to pull one of a food stylist assistant aside to sort Fritos. So if you think about those types of things, I mean, it only makes the job go smoother and have a happy Uh client. Yeah. And the clients don't want to see a broken Cheeto, right? They're going to have, have, you know, very specific things. You know, there may even be certain shapes of Cheetos that Uh they don't want to show. Even though they uh-huh. exist in the package, they don't want to see the, the crooked one. They want to see the, you know, the crescent one. You get to learn 
if you get in with a brand or uh, or uh, an agency, then you kind of get to learn exactly what those hidden nuggets are, right? Like, you know, yeah. oh, we know that I did an Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial. They love to see the, they call them inclusions, the pepper flakes in the sliced dog, you know, and it's like <laughs> someone's in there literally placing the pepper yeah. flakes uh-huh. in the right arrangement. It gets really intense. Right. And, and like you said, those those notes are very important because sometimes mm-hmm. the stylists are just busy prepping and trying to get the shoot mm-hmm. involved. And those notes, some people like kind of don't relay that notes right right away. So we don't look for them. They don't understand the importance of yes. relaying the smallest note from yes, the client, correct. which is, it is paramount. Yeah. Because I know when filming at Steiner by the Naval Yards and the Fritos, we bought every single bag of Fritos in a two-mile bodega like <laughs> area from little to big because, again, those are the types of things. Baker's racks full <laughs> of paper towel-lined Fritos. Exactly. Speaking about the chips, like like before the job, like I would ask you guys in yeah. produ- production be like, mm-hmm. hey, can we, can we request from the clients to just send as much product as they can so rather than going around town it will will definitely help the production and the team uh, food styling team so that's an important thing is right off the bat when you're on a food job figuring out quantities of product that you need to get shipped it's easier i guess when it's something simple like a like a salty snack Uh category versus mcdonald's cheeseburgers they can't just send you a million cheeseburgers right they got to send you bags of lettuce, bags of tomatoes, bags of onions, bags of buns. And then so you got to come up with quantities. Bags of grade A super good <laughs> meat. And where does it all go, right? Baker, you said baker's racks. So that, that uh-huh. brings in equipment, special equipment. Mm-hmm. And Correct. where does it all go? Fortunately, here in Los right. Angeles, we've got a beautiful place called Rick's Enterprises that all the food shoots. I don't know what we would do without them. That's where you send everything. They store it. They freeze it. They refrigerate it. You can go in there. You can set up your kitchen and you can work there. You can have your truck there. You load your truck, all of it there. Was there something like that in New York, Christian, during your time in New York? No. It would constantly be a, where are we going? Do we need to get the stage three days early to set it up? Like there wasn't trucks, like a truck would be built for every single food service. It was just insane. So, but which gets us directly into prep time. So John, do you get calls from production to describe the job with you and then you let them know how much prep time? Or do you get the, hey, you have two days to make all this shit happen? Well, it depends on who's calling. Sometimes... (laughs) I'm not going to name any names, does. but Please I, don't. no names, no names. <laughs> I, 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 I recently just got, I finished the job and I didn't get creative until like a day before I got booked from it. So not knowing any single thing, say, was it ongoing? Like, okay, I need another person. Okay. I need another day. I need another. So it evolves, but sometimes productions do, you know, like we'll, we'll give you, okay, we'll give you two days of prep and this amount of assistance and yeah. Which could be okay if you're doing one single pecan pie. Correct. You know. Right, but it doesn't or a birthday cake for a scene, which right. great. Or, so, or if we mm-hmm. have a lot of background players doing some bites and smiles, we're gonna need a lot more people cut to help support, <laughs> yeah. you know. Say you're in the middle of a TGI Fridays commercial and there's Correct. thirty people <laughs> populating the background and they all need a plate of food. They exactly. All need food. <laughs> and a drink. Those are important. But a little note, we kind of look out for like how many background players are going to be on set because they're not just going to be sitting there without any food, and, you know. No, yeah. <laughs> Which need- also brings us into like how cl- 
closely you work with art department when it comes to the plates, mm-hmm. the glasses, the silverware, the mm-hmm. you know the serving, the the cooktop. Yeah, we stay very close to them because you know we we support each other. Like they'll provide wrappers or plates, like I said, and we'll just basically build whatever hero product we're shooting, and they'll provide the plates. I tend to ask them, you know, like maybe let's have multiples. Of, of plates and stuff because it's easier to reset when you have 10 <laughs> of the Well, to, or to give a stand in because the first AD is always asking for fucking stand in food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, don't wanna, we don't want to be waiting for me to build you a plate because we only have one plate. One. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge tip. Yeah. I mean, but it's also something that, you know, you may not think about unless it's if it's your first food shoot as Correct. a production team, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about your crew, your team, Um, because like we said, you know, you might have two or three people trying to find the best Cheeto or, Mm -hmm. you know, typically on the jobs I've done, let's say it's a hamburger spot again, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe you're shooting all the dialogue and there's hamburgers on the plate. So you're working, you're making the hamburgers, you're putting them on the plate. They're not close-ups, they're just, you know, nice hamburgers. But then it comes time for the bites and smiles, right? And for the younger generation out there, that's when someone bites the hero food and mm, it's so delicious. Look at me smile now. So the bite and smile is where you really get taken to task because mm-hmm. now we're another one and another one and another one and another one. So the day of a food shoot usually kind of crescendos into you pumping out food and then it ramps up to these bite and smiles where you've got to have a bunch coming out. Bunch, so how yeah. do you how do you plan your team? A lot of times I see budgets come in and it's like one food stylist, one assistant, two days of prep, one day shoot, boom. And then it's like, that is nowhere near enough people, mm-hmm. nowhere near enough time. Mm-hmm. You know, what does your typical team look like? So the key on set, styling and finishing off whatever it needs to go on camera, and then an assistant to go with them and basically support whatever they yes. need to do. And in the mm-hmm. back, we have a builder that mm-hmm. builds everything from basically saucing whatever whatever sauces go on the said burger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we have a cook the support like oh we need mm-hmm. more burgers we need more buns we need more whatever that's typically how it works for a basic burger commercial mm-hmm. but if we need more obviously if we're just shooting one i think that's good enough for crew wise but if there's like multiple different burgers being shot you know it evolves into like we need two builders so I always think about like having a builder supporting the onset team. Right. I think it would be a good tip for our producers out there that one of the things that I will offer is once I've gotten a feel for the client, Mm -hmm. if the creative is evolving, then um, I will offer like, maybe we should just have somebody on standby, a shopper, you know, like get them on. They're standing Mm -hmm. by at Ralph's or wherever just to, yeah, because I think that that's where I've seen food shoots go south is when you're waiting on a last minute ingredient. Or a last minute food call out. Or a last, a last minute anything. <laughs> like a last, last minute, like, oh, well, we we didn't receive the secret sauce. Well, we weren't sent the secret sauce. No, and it was not, not McDonald's, mm-hmm. but, you know, just anything. We weren't sent something that yeah. we didn't know we needed. That's also a good, a good <laughs> tip for your listeners is double checking the food order and what came. You know, that's, that's, I think that's first and and foremost, checking the, checking the food order and cross-referencing whatever food builds there are and seeing every single ingredient and see if it came. Yes. 
for on the production side, you should be requesting from the ad agency or the client these food builds. And they're going to be sheets that show you, you know, this burger has a seeded bun, no pickles, red onions, and but this burger has no seeded bun and white onion and pickles. And just having those that matrix of all the different types of the of the builds is is really important because once the food comes, it needs to be inventoried. You need to send that inventory back to the agency so they can approve. You have all this stuff for all the right builds and you have this matrix going. Right. And this is not something that happens the day before the shoot. No, it, it, is not. it shouldn't. Right. Like, again, you have no time to react okay. if you are crunching the schedule like we all find ourselves in crunch schedules these days. So having that reality-based conversation is also important. Hey, Christian, why are locations always such a hassle in our jobs? I have a quick story for you, Lawrence, to, to explain why. Bring it on. I get all kinds of jobs, and sometimes there's celebrity interviews where the celeb may live in another market that isn't New York or L.A. Mm. So I have to find a location yeah. near their home because it's just an interview. Nobody's paying for a scout for that stuff. So I use a lot of those marketplaces, but that can be a huge time suck. Oh, God. I do a lot of experiential, and I'm typically on way before I have a budget to bring on a scout. And I got to do a lot of pre-research on locations. Yeah, I've used those marketplaces too, but there's like a million steps between seeing a listing on one of those marketplaces, loving it, actually seeing it in person and then securing it. It, it. It's just such a time suck. Yes. And I can speak from experience because that's where our friends from Ave come in. Yes, Ave is the first nationwide location scouting company. Not only do they have a marketplace where you can just, you know, look at options for yourself, they have a concierge service where they access a private network of locations all over the country. It saves you so much time and money and it helps you find the right location for wherever you need to shoot. Exactly. So I just went on their site. I filled out a simple, quick form. I was paired with an amazing location producer. And then I received a curated report with multiple location options for my project. From there, they handled everything, including scheduling the walkthroughs, even on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m., nice. to negotiating the location agreement. And I didn't need a permit, but they actually offer that service, too. And the most amazing thing about them is that there are no upfront costs. They only get paid if you book the location that they found, which is, like, so crazy. Save time, money, and your sanity by adding Ave to your producer's toolbox. Just visit Ave at Ave.com. That's A-double-V-A. I want to go back to equipment. We talked about it briefly, but like essentially we're building you a kitchen mm-hmm. in a truck. If, if you're on a, if it's a stage shoot, that's easier. You yeah. can just put a, make, build it, right? What, what are the things you typically is involved in like sourcing all this equipment that you need? Yeah. Like you mentioned, Rec Enterprises in Los Angeles is very crucial to our <laughs> production support. You know, they've mm-hmm. got everything we mm-hmm. need. Basic equipment would be a refrigerator, a sink, tables, and mm-hmm. some sort of sink cooking with vessel. running water. Sink with running water. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I know that that sounds like a qualifier that we should not have to make, but it absolutely is. Not, not just a sink. <laughs> if actors are eating the food, you still have to follow health code, right? So does it need to be the three basin sink or how does that how does that work? We'll we'll take any single. We'll just always exactly. glove up and you know be, be very mindful of knowing that these people are going to be taking bites 
you know? Right. Uh, and majority of the time, these actors are biting so much that they're just going to spit it out. Spit, spit it, it out. out. But also, too, like, there's also specialty equipment like salamanders that nobody really knows about. Another thing that I learned early on is having a refrigerator that has a glass door so that you can see in it and you know what you have mm-hmm. versus just a regular household refrigerator is ultimately super important as well. Correct. I mean, like, if we, if we can find one of those, <laughs> usually where we source it from, like, they'd have restaurant commercial Quality, grade yeah. mm-hmm. refrigerators, like, so big enough to, to fit whatever we need to do. But like we said, like, it evolves. Like, sometimes we need two or three or six, yes. you mm-hmm. know, because these packages of perishable items need a home. Right. And freezers. And freezers. freezers. I had a job for a bread commercial and we had tons of bread frozen and the freezers were in a truck at Galpin, all plugged in. Right. The morning of the shoot, the PA called me. You can't get inside the truck. It's broke. The gate is locked. We can't get it down. All the product is inside the truck. You know, we had full insurance on the truck. So I sent him to Home Depot to get a reciprocating saw. And we were going to cut open the side of the truck and get our freezers out to get all the food out so we could go shoot. And moments before, and I'm like, I'm on my way. And the moments before he started cutting open the truck, their technicians were able to get the the gate down. (laughs) I I personally, what's something that I'm interested in knowing is what's the difference between styling like a, you know, a straightforward commercial versus a competition show? Commercials are usually, you know, easier because it's something that the clients are requesting. Food competition shows, you basically are on your toes watching what they're cooking. And and I keep true to what they've made. Mm-hmm. So I take a picture of it and kind of like any other shoots I've done, like I deconstruct, keep all the components mm-hmm. and clean it up and reconstruct. You know, if there's fresh vegetables and whatnot, I'll I'll keep everything that they've made. because um, mm-hmm. you know that they make they they make a lot of ingredients in the recipes. So I'll take whatever's left over on their kitchen set mm-hmm. and I can use that to replace if there's a, a vegetable that doesn't look as good as you know what they've made. Yeah, those are a little more trickier, especially when they're working with like ice cream or whatever, you know, like, oh, yeah. And you have X amount of time to shoot it. Um, <laughs> so so like they go through their competition time, whatever that no, no. time is, and they're mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, utensils down and you come in for all the close ups of what mm-hmm. they made. So you're there to kind of either recreate it, deconstruct it, put it back together or just enhance it to make it look as good as it can look. Usually enhance it. I don't cook anything right. No, uh, right. from scratch to kind of recreate whatever they're doing. I'm no, just yeah, using yeah, yeah. all their stuff to make it better. Just sometimes if it looks great, I'll wipe it down. Oil it up, juice it up, and yeah. call it a day. And did you work on the big brunch? I did. I had a pleasure of doing that amazing show, actually. Um, it was ah. such a fun experience doing that. <laughs> Chris, Christopher, my partner's watching it. He loves the show. So good job. <laughs> good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times, you know, you get one of these food jobs, commercials. I'm going back to commercials mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, the food stylist comes with the brand right you get you get in with a brand and you kind mm-hmm. of you become their food stylist for 
who knows how long. Or for worse. For better or for worse. (laughs) And so a lot of times it's like, okay, here's this job and this is their food stylist. And so you kind of get put together. Do you find those relationships are really good? Is it more challenging? Do you have more responsibility or how does that work on your end? I think it's really good because you get to know Mm -hmm. the product. You basically become the support. Like uh, I can tell you guys, this is what I need. Yeah, I think that it's better to have that relationship with the client. You have a main contact with them. I agree with that. So whenever, again, whenever I start a food job, my my first call is to the stylist to see. And um, usually it takes a little trust if we haven't worked together before. But my immediate questions are, what are the call outs that I should be you know, I should know client mm-hmm. related so that I can make sure that we're the whole team is covered for whatever we're doing because you are this, you know, this fantastic, you know, go between between production, even though you're freelance, right? But you're the client recommend. So you could pass so much valuable information to the production team to help the entire situation. Because you know, like if, if I've never worked with this client before, my first question is, what do I need to know about this client? Right. <laughs> After doing years of Publix, what do I need to know about mm-hmm. Publix and what their expectations are as well? Right. You know, we're talking about very regimented things like, you know, McDonald's burger is going to look this way every time. When do you get to get a little creative? Yeah. I know there's like, like a lot of chopping stuff and, and surfaces and that kind of thing. But when do you get to be really creative? What do those jobs look like? Those are the more fun ones because if they're like, of course, say like a Target or like a Walmart, they mm-hmm. don't have specific food that they're showcasing. Those are the more fun ones because we get to be creative, you know, like. Do you get to suggest like, like what recipes do you like? Yeah. Like, oh, let's do a chocolate cake or something. Yeah. Suggest those dishes. Holidays are my favorite because oh, yeah. you're doing turkeys, you're doing, you know, it's uh, a little more yeah. fun. It's not specifically just a burger or or whatnot or that's when the create creativity gets gets fun and um, it's exciting. When you're just styling, so like there's a turkey there, but that's not the product, right? The product's target and, and all the utensils or something around it. Uh-huh. Is that when you can use a few more tricks behind the scenes? Yeah, to, definitely. Because it doesn't have to be totally edible. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) You can cook them four days in advance and bring that shit in, right? And it's just sitting there. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's basically our tricks, our bag of tricks come out more when it's not a specific food of... Right. I definitely, yeah, there's definitely display food (laughs) and definitely edible food for sure, right? Right. (laughs) Vaseline. We used to cook um, steaks in Vaseline because it would bubble and sizzle a little bit more. Oh. But there was more. I know. Whoa. Steaks and Vaseline. You got the yeah. tips. God. I got some tips. I know. Like, don't tell anyone. Secrets. So <laughs> let's talk about union. What union do food stylists fall under? And can you work non-union shoots? How does all that work? I'm still trying to understand it. Um <laughs> It is confusing, especially, I mean, in New York, they're non-union and or they could be considered propping. And, uh-huh. so, and same in L.A. And it's every job. I'm just like, which is it, guys? We fall under props. Yes. Some production will be like, there's no food styling union. So yeah, they'll keep us non-union. And, and sometimes, yeah, it's it's just, it's a great area that it's, we're trying to understand. And it's been like that for years. But if some of the assistants are union, I've certainly been on jobs uh-huh. that were union, where we'll absolutely pay the assistants who are union, union, uh-huh. and the ones who are non-non. It's really one of the only categories out there where you can have a split crew as well. You can mix. Wow. Yeah. Right. I'm getting my days and I'm still like, 
you know, sometimes I can't get my beans because producers be like, no, there's no styling union right. or whatever. So so really, it's kind of up to the whim of whoever's kind of hiring you and how they want to mm-hmm. pay you. And you kind of have to. Wow. Yeah. Until yeah. IATSE figures that shit out, then, yeah, it's going to be like this. Is there any talk amongst food stylists about staking a claim to the union or? If, if there is, I, I don't know anything about it, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think there is. You know, um, a right. lot of the stylists that I've worked with are part of 44 and I'm trying to get into 44. So, yeah, I don't think there's any talk into making their own. Right. No, but just like you're demanding that, demanding. Uh, you know, everyone gets paid as 44 or. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, at least equal payment and treatment across the board. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot to this. Thank you, John, for spending some time with us. Do you have any thoughts for producers or production teams out there to really help understand what you need to have a successful food shoot? Get us power first thing in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. And so on the tech scout, this should be discussed. This should be discussed. And if you have a good gaffer, the gaffer will be like, I need to get power to that truck first. Mm -hmm. Because there's no shoot until we're powered up. That is I know. so true. Yeah, and I would think that having a lengthy conversation with the AD and director about schedule, realities of schedule, right? Realities mm-hmm. of schedule, giving me a heads up on what's first up. You know, I can mm-hmm. be prepping as much as I can on the prep day, and then you're not telling me what the first thing we're shooting on the shoot day. How can I be successful at that? I feel that it's very important that the AD asks the stylist how Uh they would like to shoot. Do you want to shoot big and then go small? Or do you want to shoot small and go big? Like, Or you need three hours minimum on the first day to make sure that things are rolling properly. Like, Those are important aspects to the schedule of the job, right? For sure. We always joke on how, you know, how come those hero end table products are always last? Right. For us, we'd much rather shoot that right away, get everyone's attention on it rather than having it the very last shot of the day when mm-hmm. clients and agencies are like out the door and kind of like, you're not really paying attention to it anymore. And everyone's mm-hmm. tired and then, yeah, yeah it's, right. Those are like very important things for us that we'd like to do. My suggestion would be to, I always try to get the food stylist opinion and schedule the shoot the way that the food stylist would like it. Because in my opinion, on a food shoot, especially for a large brand, you are the most important department, right? And we should all be working around and supporting you. That said, I know that we all hate this term production friendly. So I'm going to throw that out the door and say that, you know, asserting your, you know, the proper way to do this schedule. I think, um, I think that we should all be considering that versus, like you said, saving the best shot for the the worst part of the day, right? Right. I think also to mention schedules, like if there's going to be any changes, we understand there's changes in production, you know, like- Just let you know. (laughs) Yeah, just (laughs) let me know about them. Don't tell us on the next shot that we're actually pivoting. (laughs) 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 Because like clients running late, it's like, whoa, 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 don't stop the fucking kitchen. Because Like we're prepared for the original shot you're calling out and then we're pivoting to a new shot. So all that time, We've prepped on doing and, you know, getting ready yeah. for your shot. Mm-hmm. And there's no communication on, on our part or with production to the team. How can we be ready right away? 
Right. I only do this <laughs> because I've certainly had that um, heated discussion in the middle of a, mm-hmm. <laughs> of a refrigerator truck <laughs> and then taking it back going, guys, um, what we're asking them to do is not possible. Right. So let's figure out a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> like because somebody approaches you with, hey, do you think we could pivot to this? <laughs> right. If it makes sense for one department. <laughs> right. It yeah. doesn't make sense for them all. So. Right. Mm-hmm. John, thank you so much for spending yeah, some time no, with us and Thanks for having giving me. us an insight yeah. into what you do. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they get you? They can reach out to me on my email address, jagalak612 at gmail, or my website is jagfoodstylist.com. Nice. Excellent. Christian, how do people get a hold of you if they want you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. And Lawrence, if they want you, how do they get you? LawrenceTLewis.com. Thanks again, John. Thank you, John. Hey, thank you so much, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Producers Happy Hour is brought to you with the help of the handsome Christopher Daniels, who is a design and branding specialist, and Brendan Russell at podlad.com, who is our fabulous editor. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to dive deeper, subscribe to our listeners' newsletter. Simply go to producershappyhour.com to sign up. Thanks for listening, and remember, enjoy happy hour while you can. Because making shit is hard. Hard, hard.